Good day and welcome to the Cincy Slangin' Bearcat Podcast. I'm Coomer, joined as always by Hummer. Hummer, what's up, buddy? Well, Coomer, it is a beautiful... Oh, wait, that's not what I say. It's a great day to be a Cincinnati Bearcat sports fan, baby. We have basketball on the docket. We have some surprising CFP news on the docket. We have Sam Lane Gam Antics on. Tim Brando just lit up the college football playoff committee. What could be better? B-E-A, beautiful. Indeed it is. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I, this was an unplanned podcast. Like, let's be honest on, on Sunday, we recorded an episode with the two of us reacting to the Tulsa game. You dropped your legendary therapy session. That was incredibly well-received kudos to you on that therapy session. I highly encourage people make sure you're not just checking out the, the big shiny famous people that come on the podcast, go back and listen to the last 18 minutes of Sunday's episode. Hummer is is unbelievable. He goes full coward for 18 minutes by himself, and, and it's awesome, awesome content. So please check that out. But, You're making me blush. You're making me blush. But we did then on Monday record a podcast, a collaboration of sorts with our, with our friend B Fox from Bearcat Sports Radio. Uh, he hopped on the podcast with us to interview. I would say the most the most highly sought after name in college sports right now, if you're a Cincinnati Bearcat uh, content maker, if you're someone who wants to chat about the dark side of the college football playoff, if you want to hear honesty from a prominent national play-by-play announcer for Fox sports, Tim Brando hopped on the podcast. And I think it was, it was arguably the greatest piece of content we've ever released under our banner. I, I highly enjoyed well, it. Whoa, 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 whoa. We produce high quality content already, but let's let's be honest. What was awesome about this particular interview, and I guess we're gonna this would be a good segue into the, the CFP news that just dropped uh, about an hour and a half ago since we since we're recording this. But he basically sh- he shredded the college football process, but he didn't just do it in a way and this is what was, I guess we're kind of breaking down the interview a little bit here. What was surprising to me about it was he brought in the history of the actual process, how it came to be, how, you know, he discusses how the actual group of five kind of boxed their way out of the college football playoff inadvertently. You know, and it kind of like, to me, it was like, look, follow the money. That's what it's all about. But I'd go check it out. It is definitely a great, great piece of 40 minutes. If you're a Bearcat fan, it's definitely uh, a, for us, he calls us out on it in a good way. We're we're homers, right? We're uh, we're a biased Cincinnati sports podcast, um, as we'll hear when we start talking about what just happened with the the latest college football playoff rankings. Right. He, he's he's definitely. I think he's probably the most well informed, and I would say he was the most professional, eloquent guest we've ever had on the podcast. Like I just think he was incredibly impressive when it came to presenting his case for why he finds the col- the current college football playoff system so problematic. We'll leave it there. Go listen to that 48 minutes. It's incredible. Uh, but we're dropping in tonight because how can we not react to the college football playoff rankings coming out? They're updated. And they moved the Bearcats up to number five. 
so we can have our initial reactions to that ranking as well as everything else we saw in the playoff rankings. But also, and I would say more importantly, Wes Miller kicked off his career as the head coach of the Cincinnati Bearcats basketball program and started it out emphatically with the 65-43 victory over Evansville. Hummer, you choose college football playoff or Wes Miller's debut. Where are we starting? Oh, man, two exciting topics. Look, I want to spend no more than five minutes on the college football playoff. So let's start there because I want to dedicate most of this time. I want to make sure we have it for, for the basketball team because of how awesome that was. So here's where I'm going to, here's how I'm going to start the college football playoff talk. You ready? About 14 hours ago, 14 hours ago, we were, we were anticipating Cincinnati to, to drop out of the top 10 rankings. Uh, we were anticipating being absolutely bludgeoned to death because of our performance over Tulsa, but everybody else sucks too. Uh, that is the beauty about college football this year is uh, while we, we don't say really everybody suck, sucks, we're good, but everybody Watch your has- language, sir, this is, <laughs> this is a family podcast. And also we don't like to misinform people. Nobody sucks. All right. There's no sucking happening here. First off, Oregon, you know, Oregon sucks, right? Oregon, they suck. Ohio State, they suck, right? Alabama sucks. But the good team anyway, on that list. We have five is, minutes is to talk about Georgia. this. We have, high, we have five minutes to talk about All this. right, let's be excited. All right, we moved up to five. I'm honestly not. I'm, we're not in the playoffs, so I'm obviously not happy about that. But I'm happy they moved us up. I'm happy that they, they didn't do the easy thing, which would have been to have Michigan above us. Uh, they did the right thing, and they kept us where we're at. They also moved Notre Dame up, which I thought was a little intriguing. If there's any outrage whatsoever to be had, it's that Houston still remains on the outside looking in. And we know that they look at those top 25 in air quotes uh, as important markers in terms of determining what your strength of record is. So that's a little, that's the only thing I could say where the outrage machine has turned on, but I'll leave that outrage for Houston fans. Number five in the playoff rankings is very good for the Cincinnati Bearcats, but do not for a second think you can let your guard down when it comes to this committee. Because a couple of things I think we should point out is that Notre Dame is still only at number nine and they continue to win. Their only loss is to the now number five ranked team in the, in the country. And they also have a, have a victory over Purdue as well as Wisconsin, number 18, number 19, respectively. And they, they're they not making any sort of ground up in the playoff rankings. That feels a bit intentional. It's also simultaneously suppressing the Bearcats. It's important to note that they unwound the precedent they previously set by putting Oregon, who has a terrible, terrible loss to Stanford, a Stanford team that got bludgeoned by Utah at home, I think 52 to 7, uh, I'm not going to fact check the score. It was terrible. They they have Oregon in front of Ohio State, however, because of that head-to-head matchup, calling Oregon's win the best in the best of the season. But now, two weeks after Michigan State beat Michigan, Michigan State loses to who'd they lose to, Hummer? Purdue. They lose to Purdue and fall back behind Michigan two weeks later. Even though they they have the head-to-head advantage over Michigan, they're both eight and one. Now, look, both teams still play Ohio State, 
but that this is the this is precedent type setting stuff where it does show you the ability uh, of that that I'm just saying Hummer like there's I know I get I get what you're going at but I'm actually going to agree with them on this one like your one loss is to Michigan State and Michigan State just gets absolutely wasn't even like a a close a close to, they were absolutely demolished by Penn by Purdue Purdue wiped their wiped the wiped the floor with them for the entire game but we this play games one, but we play games, we play games and they beat Michigan already yeah, and honestly, if you watch that game, it should they have even won that? They won the game. I, I don't know. I look. Why am I arguing about them? They're behind us. I don't really care. As long as we keep winning, we don't give the committee the excuse to put a a an eight and one Notre Dame a team in front of us. So if we keep winning, that's fine. At the end of the day, Michigan State, if they would have kept winning they wouldn't have dropped, but they lost and they lost to a team that is viewed to be inferior than a lot of other teams, even though they did get ranked this week, but that doesn't matter. At the end of the day, we're five. So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm telling you there's a chance. <laughs> we'll leave our college football playoff talk there. I have, I have, I am exhausted when it comes to the system. I, I want to give it no more time at this point. So moving on, to basketball the first game of the season (laughs) we are back like i said before the bearcats win they're victorious in their first game under coach wes miller a 65 43 victory uh over evansville hummer i'm gonna give you the floor first what 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 do you want to chat about when it comes to this basketball team dude dude really it is sexy that defense is sexy. The defense of re- the rebounding was sexy. Just watching watching guys crash the boards, watching on defense, we're flying around all, all over the place, playing with just energy to seem to be like a passion that seems to have been missing. You know, it looked like guys were actually playing for one another when it when it came to when it came to just crashing the boards consistently. Like it was just uh, from a defensive standpoint, it seems like this is the brand of Cincinnati basketball that we've known and loved for the past 20 years. And it's back. We're a good defensive team and it gives faith because this can translate defense can translate, you know, holding, holding an Evansville team, which we don't really know how good they are to 43 points that translates though, to being able to hold tougher opponents also to low scoring basketball games and create rock fights to give us a chance to win, win some big games. Well, yeah, we know that Evansville is not going to be some powerhouse team. So I, we are grading on a curve here. This is our first sample. This is the first sample we have of what this team can be. But going into the season, um, I, I think we were all pretty confident. And if you read the Cincy Slang and preview of the basketball season on CincySlang.com, you can you can see that we expected a high level of defense. Now, in his first game as coach, Wes Miller played 12 players. We had 12 mm. scholarship players who dressed. And all 12 of them got in the game. AJ McGinnis was the last player, last scholarship player to get in, only played four minutes, but did bang in a three-pointer and grabbed himself a rebound while in there. Um, look, first and foremost, the front court, the depth of the front court and the quality of the front court is amazing. The West Miller started the game with Abdul Adu, and I'm gonna say it like Matt Noonan does on ESPN Plus. And if Matt Noonan is, is saying it that way, I have to think it's correct. Uh, but Adu was the starting big man for the Bearcats, which left Oguama, Lockin, and Koval coming off the bench as our sort of front court rotation. 
Now, here's the thing. Those three off the bench, Lockin, Oguama, and Koval, were all more impressive in this first game than Ado. I'm not writing off Ado by any means. I think that when you are that big, that strong, and, and have that type of history blocking shots and grabbing rebounds, he's clearly going to have a role, and he's clearly earned the starting role based on Wes Miller's assessment. I'm just saying that based on that lineup, based on what we saw from Koval blocking multiple shots at the rim, credited for two, I might say he even had three block shots in that game. Uh, Lockin had a block shot. Oguama had a block shot. The Bearcats are going to have legitimately elite rim protection for 40 minutes a game. That's a massive deal. And it elevates the ceiling of the defense to, like as my prediction, I think was like top three in the conference. No, 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 no. We're talking like top 15, top 20 defense in the country based on what we saw in this first game. It's hyperbole. It's hyperbolic. It's a bold prediction, but this team is loaded with defensive talent. I, I don't think that's too too off base to project that this team's going to be good defense defensively based off what we've seen from one game, just because once again defense can translate, yeah. And with that, we're we're big. We're we're a really big team, and we actually saw we were altering some of the shot trajectories from Evansville when they were having guys that were seemingly wide open, and then you have you know Corvaldis dashing out. You know, kind of, kind of was surprised by his ability to kind of catch up when he would get behind on some of those defenders, but he's they're altering shots because of how big they are. It's kind of like Taco Fall, uh, except you know we're short five inches there on the height, but you know it's still shot altering trajectories with that with the way these guys play and how big they are. So that's going to be a nightmare for for a lot of teams. When the fact that we don't have just one Taco Fall, we have several big guys that are able to alter alter trajectories of shots. We knew coming into the season, this isn't going to be a team that projects to be elite offensively. If you look at the shooting percentages from the roster from, from prior seasons, a lot of guys struggled making shots from the outside. And you saw shooting percentages below 40% overall. Um, and, and, you know, we've lost the ball-dominant guard types like Jaron Cumberland Keith Williams as these sort of go-to players. Now, in game one, we saw a very confident, a very engaged, a very enthusiastic David DeJulius, who I suspect had the highest usage rate in this game, finished with nine points, seven boards, seven assists, one steal, and an incredibly sexy shimmy. The guy can break down a defender anytime Say that for he me. wants. Say that for me again. <laughs> an incredibly sexy shimmy. Beautiful. He, he can break down a defender anytime he wants. His finishing is not elite, but it's going to be good enough. And he has great vision. He found multiple bigs running to the rim and, and resulted in, in dunks for Oguama, dunks for Lockin, dunks for Koval. He makes it easier for guys. Now, outside of DeJulius, there's not a ton of that, that in uh, ball-in-hand type creativity for the Bearcats. So 65 against Evansville. I don't see the Bearcats ending up as this elite team offensively. However... When you have a defensive upside like the Bearcats have, you can go into every single game you play, no matter who you're playing, knowing that we have the ability to compete and potentially beat and compete with and potentially beat anyone on any given night. And I think that is incredibly exciting. And it's why everyone should leave this first game thinking, hey, this does have the chance of being a much more special system, much more special season than the national pundits and prognosticators would have us believe. And I suspect that the Ken Palm rating system, 
senses that there is a disturbance in the force and that something's going to have to change dramatically. I don't disagree with you there. Uh, I will point out the low score of 65. I will blame that on in the in the first 10 minutes of the game. Uh, you know, it seemed that we were, we were really, we stalled out on offense. We had a, a big long portion where we were us and Evansville for like eight minutes. We're just struggling to score baskets. And I think a lot of that just looked like constantly rust, maybe a little nervousness. Um, Adu put up a couple shots that were just like, he's kind of wide open. There should have been layups, just, you know, bounce the ball and you off the other side of the backboard. So I don't see us, like you said, being elite offensively, but I see this team being having enough offense. And as we get going, knowing that we have guys that can knock down shots, like I'm already predicting this. All right. We're, we always ask who's going to have the game, the game against, like, it's going to be the game. You know, it's going to be Mason Madsen's Xavier game. It's going to be the Mason Madsen game. He's going to just rain threes from that's all he's been. He shot eight, eight times today from behind the arc or nine, sorry. And that's all we're going to see him shoot. He's just going to, he's going to end up knocking them down. If he gets hot, I think it's going to be scary. We're going to have some fun games watching him, you know, knock down four or five, maybe six threes in a game. Jeremiah Davenport spent his first two seasons being the unequivocal, most confident player on the court. Anytime he was playing basketball for the Bearcats, Mason Madsen has officially thrown his hat into the ring to challenge for that title. Both of those men have no fear at, at shooting, no fear at, at taking and making or missing big shots. And I think, uh, that's a good running mate to have out there for Jeremiah at times. And Mason Madsen, to me, is a 40% three-point shooter who won't get to that percentage because of shot selection. And we'll see as the season goes on, but he took some that were just too off balance. Uh, his feet and, and kind of balance were completely off, and it made the shot basically of no chance of going in. But his, his shot is incredibly pure. He and Jeremiah were responsible for six of the seven three-pointers made by the Bearcats. And so that will sort of encapsulate the overall shooting prowess of the team. There's not a ton of shooters, but there are a lot of athletes. There are, there's DeJulius. We saw Micah Adams with a couple good attacks to the rim. So I do think that there is enough to generate enough offense to win games, especially when the Bearcats are going to consistently hold teams down to, to some of their worst offensive performances of the season. So that, that in itself has me excited because we're back to an intimidate, dominate, celebrate brand of basketball. I like that. And then what's, what's always saying you got to keep turnovers under 10 turnovers a game to essentially, you know, kind of give yourself the optimal, optimal chance of winning nine turnovers. Hey, are, is today. that, are you like, is that a, is that a reference to the uh, John Brandon gospel of basketball? That's a reference to the Terry Nelson brand of basketball. <laughs> um, okay. Terry Nelson likes to go out there and say, you know, key to the cat's victory is keeping turnovers under 10 at 10 a game. Um, either way, I felt like we took care of the ball pretty decently today. Um, not a lot of stupid turnovers, um, but we forced a ton of turnovers, um, a ton. Arms were in the passing lanes. Deflections were, were there. Steals. One-on-one um, -on -one steals, too. You know, that was something that impressed me with Koval. He was big man, big man getting out there and eating on the turnovers. Uh, just love it. Lock in turnovers. Love it. John Newman, Mike Saunders Jr. Pressing and, and kind of getting in oh. guys grills. There's so much on ball defense on this team Hummer. It's going to be incredibly fun to watch. I am excited. I'm tingly. And uh, if we're looking at winners and losers from this first game, first of all, the fans, we are the big winners here because of what we got to watch. And thank you to coach Wes Miller 
for putting in all 12 guys, all 12 scholarship guys in this first game. And obviously, Rob Banks out with an injury, expected to miss multiple weeks. Get well soon, my friend. Uh, We look forward to seeing you on the court. But it's really cool for your head coach to give you a look at every single scholarship player that's available in that first game. That was fun to see everybody contribute. Every player on this team uh, contributed in, in, in some way, shape, or form. So you've got a lot of a lot of winners. Coach West, the fans, the players. Big loser from this game. John Brandon. <laughs> we are now joined by the gambling expert himself, the semantics on Twitter. Sam Elliott is back on the podcast to to revisit the the world of gambling. Uh, we took a one week hiatus. It was more or less a punishment for a run. We all needed of, a break of, of of absurd losses and and awful recommendations that aren't truly recommendations. But this is a sabbatical. It's time to start reallocating our units, Sam. So welcome we're back. back. Welcome back to the Cincy Slangin Podcast, buddy. It's such a pleasure to be here. It's always great to have you. I, I don't want to spend too much time dwelling on the past. I don't want to spend too much time meandering into topics that are not relevant to uh, the world of USF versus Cincinnati. But Sam, maybe you can confirm or deny. And if you have specifics, even better. But is there anybody that's in the black at this point? Yes, you guys are still we're still sitting head above water. You're gonna you're gonna survive another week. You're gonna survive. We're doggy paddling. Are we? We've cocked our head table. back. Our mouth, our lips are above the water, but everything else is starting to. We're flailing. Things aren't going you're sub- well. You're you're treading water. You're submerged. But I'm questioning the accounting here because I know <laughs> there's multiple times where I've just said I'm allocating all my units, especially the last couple of weeks. It's and, all fuzzy. The numbers and they are have fuzzy. not covered. Three the three the past three weeks there has not been there hasn't been a cover, and I know I've thrown a lot of weird parlays in there, so I am questioning the accounting there, uh, trying to be an honest upfront better here. But you as, know, if if the bookie's giving me if the bookie's giving me free money, I'm going to take the money from the bookie. As Sam gets more and more disorganized as the season goes along, I'm going oh to keep gosh. upping the ante on on what his title is. So this week it was gambling expert. Next week, it's Savant. already a strong term. The week after that, it's guru. The week after that, it's uh, it's our Lord and Savior. But Sam, me anyway, let's let's stay on topic here. Words. Let's give us let's give us an update and let's just break it down. What do the lines okay. look like for the Bearcats against this USF football team? OK, so we can't can't buy Bearcats can't buy a cover in recent memory, but the sports book still believe okay bearcats on the road this week 23 23 and a half point favorite um and still expected to be high scoring over under right at like 58 so despite what despite what we've seen uh, the books still believe and it putting up a pr- pretty big spread there to exit 23 opened at 24 come down to 23 right now Okay. Okay. I, I, it's interesting. Vegas, I feel like at the beginning of the season undervalued the Bearcats and there was a lot of free money out there. If you were paying close attention to how good the Cincinnati Bearcats team was right. 
we all racked up lots of units based on being bullish on the Cincinnati Bearcats. Do I have that correct? Am I, am I, is my memory part, correct? Yeah. yeah. So what's oh, happened? I was downright cocky at one point. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm out here throwing units on, on Heisman trophies and national championships. One of which is still very much in play, by the way, um, <laughs> despite how, how concerned and, and upset and disgusted I was with the initial college football playoff rankings. Nonetheless, go check out our Tim Brando episode, by the way, if you want to hear more about that. What I will say is what's happened in the past three weeks as we headed into the soft part of the schedule, which was uh, post-UCF, and it went, the order of operations there was um, Navy. Navy, Tulane, Tulsa, back to back to back. And we went Bearcats to cover, although I, I do feel like we had a healthy skepticism for our ability to cover against Navy based on their triple option based on playing keep away, based on just being a quirky team to play. There was a healthy skepticism there. Tulane expected a huge bounce back. Tulsa expected to really do the damn thing when you have game day in town. None of those things came to fruition, and we all lost our shirts against those teams. But we never expected those rushing offenses of those, you know, Navy triple option, and then the past couple weeks of rushing offenses to affect the Bearcats offense so drastically it's like not it's not affected but we weren't expecting our offense to not impress is a, is oh. is our offense more what jumped out to you the past three weeks or is our defense because to me it's the rushing defense being being sure compromised by the likes of Tulane and Tulsa Tulsa is a very good rushing team but still with the type of defensive talent we have and the expectations we have for this defense I, I was very I'd say it's fair to say I was alarmed by what happened against Tulsa and giving up 297 yards on the ground. So that's alarming. Yeah. So, you know, that Tulsa has done this before they did it to, to UCF where they, they ran for 269 yards on 49 attempts, five and a half yards of carry that would bode well for a Bearcats team that would have a healthy Jerome Ford. But I think that is very much in question. Still, we don't know if he's going to play uh, Hummer. Did you have any sort of official update on the Jerome Ford situation? Breaking news alert. Just kidding. This comes from Keith Jenkins at the Athletic at about 1210 this afternoon. Luke Fickle says he still does not know yet if Jerome Ford will be available Friday at South Florida, but he also said he's not overly concerned about Ford's injury. So I feel like you can take that one of two ways. Either he's not worried about it because Ritter, we have Ritter's legs to back us up, or he's, and he's also not worried about it because it's not that big of an injury. He'll either be back Friday or the following week. Let Ethan Wright eat. Let Ethan Wright cook. <laughs> Give Jerome. Don't Ford you want the to rest. see Des get those legs moving? Of course, Des too. But I, I think it's, I think it would be, we'd be well served to see Jerome Ford, despite my, my desire to see him push for that American Athletic, uh, American Athletic Conference Offensive Player of the Year. I, I'd love to see him get that. It's more important that we rest him. Keep him keep him healthy for the home stretch against SMU, East Carolina, and, and, and most most certainly Houston there at the end of the season. So, uh, with that said, Sam, let's let's lay out um, where where do we want to start with this? I, I so think the, the Bearcats. So that Bearcats offense. I mean, here's a fun one: the team total forty and a half. You can win this bet with forty one points on, on the over under Bearcats forty and a half. Um, 
connected the South Florida Bulls team total 16 and a half. I like thinking about these just in terms of touchdowns. So if we're talking 40 and a half, you're asking yourself, can the Bearcats offense put up six touchdowns? That's a lot of touchdowns. If, If the defense scores one, can they put up five? No matter how you slice it based on the current situation and the current, um, I don't know, the current vibe out of out of the Cincinnati Bearcats offense and the and the fact that Jerome Ford may end up missing this game. I think it's I think it would be prudent to be bullish on the under on that line. So me personally, speaking for me individually here, go ahead and allocate a unit of mine onto that under for the Bearcats team total. Interesting. All right. Here's the rest of the menu, though. Uh, like I said, full game, Bearcats, 23-point favorite, over under 58. Um, the first quarter, I'm always a sucker for these. Once again, sitting at Bearcats minus six and a half. Uh, this one hit last week. Um, and that first quarter, over under 13 and a half. And then the first half numbers, Bearcats minus 13 and over under 30.5. So here's here's what's scaring me. South Florida has a good good rushing attack. Well, they've been watching the tape and they 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 know they can they got to use the run to Well, their leading rusher, Jaron Mangham has on the season I might, I don't know, I might have butchered the last name. It is what it is. He he has had 13 <laughs> touchdowns. He's averaging 4.4 yards a carry. And we know the Bearcats over the last few weeks have given up just an absolute shit show uh, in terms of run defense. So we basically got to shut them out like that first possession, come out and just firing on all cylinders, shut down the defense. I think we do it. Here's I think we that, come out. You know what's we're prepared funny? for it. We're covering that first. We're covering the first quarter. The first possession is always our best part, right? Like we typically get this three and out. We've seen the offense go down the field on the first drive. Scripted plays. We're on it touchdown Bearcats it's sort of the the flow of the game has been more of the issue for the Bearcats so I I do like the fact that you're pointing out the predictability in some sense of what the Bearcats have been doing recently um me personally I was kind of going through like what's going what I'm doing for these first two quarters because I'm taking the over on the first quarter I'm taking the over on the second because god dang it we need to have the over we need to cover in the second half again because we can't have another game where we come out just flat and we don't look like we're in control of the game the entire game. So we need to have the control here. So I'm gonna I'm betting I'm betting with my heart here. I'm, I'm betting there, with what we need. I am retiring that narrative, by the way. I am no longer abiding by the narrative of we can't have another game where we don't absolutely dominate the opponent. We can't afford to not win by 64 points. Guess what? Well, not to be 64. We didn't, we, have to, we didn't have to get close to the spread. Guess what? It's happened for three consecutive weeks, and here we are sitting at number five in the college football. It has to be. It has, right. to be it has to be. It has to be. And the narrative has to be that we controlled the game the whole time, and we can't afford another spot where we're sitting there coming down to two goal line stands to win the game against lowly two-win South Florida. That's not going to cut it. And it's just, we're at this point, we've said this before, we keep giving them all the excuses, but this isn't a deep dive into the committee. Just I just win. think that, just I think, win. well, yeah, you just need to win, but you need to win. Just win. And, 
We're going to do this. We're going to come out and we're going to hit all these overs. We're going to cover the first quarter. We're going to cover the second quarter. We're probably not going to maybe not cover the third quarter. You got to give one bad quarter in there. And then we'll come back and cover the fourth quarter for the over total over package. You heard it here first. Hummer says the Bearcats completely flipped the script. They're back on track. They're covering every quarter now. No concern. Except one. Except Even one. La 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 rainbows. We're not covering the third quarter. Third quarter is going to be a down quarter. Fair enough. But allocate his units accordingly, Sam. Noted. I love seeing people go broke, suffer. Don't listen to us. Your family's going to leave you. <laughs> well, if Coomer's betting on it, know the opposite will happen. It's not a bad strategy. Hey, just real quick, looking around the scoreboard, though. Could Purdue do it again playing Ohio State this week? Put all my units there. All of them. They're getting, they're getting 20 and a half points. Hummer, is there, is there a uh, good for Cincinnati parlay you're putting together this weekend? All right, yeah, you ready for this? I am ready for it. We're not going to touch the Alabama game. They will definitely lay 51 New Mexico and a half State. New Mexico State. Stay as far away from that one as you absolutely can. I'm taking Penn State over Michigan. Uh, the line right now is even. Um, so there's honestly probably not a lot there to be had, even taking the money line, but I'm going to go Penn state with the upset over Michigan. I'm going to go uh, with you the upset go for Purdue and Washington state. Against oh, we're, Washington we're getting state there because we're also Oregon. taking Baylor. We're taking Baylor over Oklahoma. There it Baylor. is. There it is. We're taking the money line Baylor. Right. Then we're going to come down. We're scrolling down. We're going through, you know, I'm not, I think I'll have to stay away from Tennessee, Georgia, but if I were to throw Georgia in there, I would just do Georgia cover. It's 20 points. I actually don't think Georgia is going to cover, but if I had to throw it in there to get a little spicy, get some spice added to this. Um, I don't know if I'm going to actually take Purdue to win, but if we are doing that, I might take them to at least cover in this little parlay. Nobody, um, no, nobody puts Purdue in a corner. Nobody put, puts Purdue in a corner. Put at, Purdue in the Ohio parlay. State. Put right, Purdue put in. in the parlay. Money right. line it up. Money lining it up. You know what? Just for shits and giggles, we're also going to throw Maryland in there because if Michigan State loses again, that's also better. Um, even though we know they don't have near as much talent as the University of Cincinnati. Um, it's a fact. You can that's, look that up. That's that's called a tease, folks, to a future interview that is, has not yet <laughs> been aired. But yeah, a lot of a lot of a lot of Maryland hype coming from a certain guest. Yeah. Um, we need Notre Dame to win. So we need Notre Dame to go on the win at Virginia. We needed to pull That's that right. out. Five, they're five and a half point favorites on the road. Hey, we're trying to go for money here, though. So money line it up. Right? We don't want it. We're not even. Do we, no, wait. Which way are we get more money there? <laughs> I'm saying my thing about this wrong. Would be better. We're going to do the cover. We're doing the cover. No, no, we're no, in. no. Everything should be money lines. I My opinion is money lines don't matter. Sorry, not money lines spreads don't matter when it comes to the Bearcats and what's good for us. We care about money lines. We care about who's winning and who's losing. Just fair winners, baby. Just fair winners. My favorite though, is the, the, like I said, Baylor and Washington, Baylor against Oklahoma, Washington state against Oregon. You go. uh, So put it together. What are we looking at here? Let's, let's make sure it's all in there. I want, I want you guys to run through the entire parlay. What's good for Cincinnati parlay. Okay, nine nine results that would be the absolute most beneficial things for the Bearcats. You have Baylor winning against Oklahoma, Washington State beating Oregon, 
the Bearcats winning against South Florida, obviously. Um, then we have Purdue winning, winning, doing it again at Ohio State. Uh, Notre Dame beating Virginia on the road. Uh, Houston getting a big win at Temple. Uh, then we go Penn State to beat Michigan. Maryland to win at Michigan State. And TCU to upset number 10, Oklahoma State. You throw all that together. You put $5 on that, on all those things to happen. You're going to walk away with more than 42 grand. Daddy just bought himself a new trampoline. Theoretically, theoretically, (laughs) you get to the last game of that parlay with a $5 bet. Is someone from DraftKings calling you? Like they they look into your profile and you'd be like, Sam. Oh, absolutely. Give you, we'll give you 30 grand right now to just call this off. And I'd I bet say, it would be 20, yeah, 20, 20, 20 to 25. No, he's not taking it because he only cares about what's good for Cincinnati. That's right. Not the That's 30 grand, right. not turning hedge. five to 30 K. No, the only thing that matters is sticking in it till the end to make sure that what's good for Cincinnati happens. And if it doesn't, well, he can live with that. Let's, I would live, I could live load, with, load let's me go, up, load let's me go up like $5. six out of, let's go five out of nine, six out of nine, seven out of nine. I'd be, I could live with that this week. Okay. Well, I feel, I feel great about the, what's good for Cincinnati parlay. I also feel great about where my units have been allocated, which is uh, on the Cincinnati team under, and also on, I'm going to put another unit on the Cincinnati first half under as well. Um, Hummer. You allocated units across the board on the Bearcats covering except the third quarter. And then, Sam, what are you looking at for this game? Uh, I got to go back to the well on my Bearcats to cover the first quarter. Uh, (laughs) I just can't help myself. Um, But other than that, uh, there's just nothing to love. Um, You're a sick, sick man. (laughs) First quarter, you just keep keep going back to it. I I don't blame you. a winner last week. Trust your instincts. I, I'm not trying to be a pessimist here. I do think that the I'm, – I'm simply talking team totals here, and I think that from an offensive production standpoint, it, it's sensible to go with the Bearcats under. I, I think covering is probably less likely in that case, though you know maybe a big bounce-back game is in order for the defense. But all in all, like I said, I have, I have discarded – the narrative that we need to destroy every opponent by as many points as humanly possible. No. What is the minimum threshold for style? Like what qualifies as styles out the window, boys, we're wearing Crocs, sweatpants and hoodies the rest of the season. All right. (laughs) Hoodie, sweatpants, love a a good hoodie. That's all. That's that's that sounds like that sounds like the clothes they're wearing at the Papa John's.com bowl. I'm rocking my socks and sandals as we speak. Style points are out the window, fellas. It's all about. Guys, we're trying to get that. We're trying to get to Miami. All right, in Miami, you know, I'm you're wearing, wearing suits, no ties. All right, I'm wearing my Jordan Brand <laughs> Bearcats jersey. I'm dripping with style right now. I would love to make more style jokes to to add on to your Miami equivalent, Hummer. But uh, all I can say is uh, dress pants and and some sort of fancy shoe with no socks. But I, I don't even know the names of the shoes you would say. Like, oh, okay, uh, form-fitting dress pants with gator shoes and no socks. Doesn't sound stylish or cool. 
Anyway, I just can't. I can't get over your your. Uh, I don't know what that accent is like. The uh, 1940s radio radio personality. <laughs> we don't need style points, you see. All we need to do is win the games. <laughs> or sounds like you're getting ready to call a horse race. Yeah, who knows? These these this is just everything mixed and jumbled together. It's been a long week, fellas. But let's the big leave day it there. Today, okay. I came on to this episode of Sam and I said, Sam, I'm setting a timer. This is going to be 10 minutes long, and I'm pretty sure we just did 28 minutes. So. Let's leave it there, fellas. This was fun. I always have a good time with you, Sam. It's great to check in. Are we going to have a new article coming to the Cincy Slangin website this week? The gears are in motion. Yes. Yes. You're a good writer. We appreciate all you've done for us. It's very helpful. It's it's also uh, it's great content, buddy. You know, read Sam's article on CincySlangin.com on the uh, uh, uh look it's like i write about how bad of a system college football has and then tim brando just comes on the pod and starts saying the same thing what, steals, what? steals all the sam's thunder acting like he's Absolutely. been in college football for years and decades no look at this guy brando swoops in with his big platform <laughs> and cool room oh, no pray praise be brother brando praise be indeed fellas let's leave it there talk later go bearcats go bearcats <laughs>